What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Billy B.J. Jones and Anike S. And we are here today for our new series and collaboration titled A Conversation About Current Events. Today is June 10th, 2020, and we are in some unprecedented times. And this segment actually started as an idea to not only focus on the present issues, but future issues as well. So we welcome your comments. We welcome your feedback. And our inboxes are open. You can email Anike S at AnikePassion.com. Email me at EverydayFolksListen at gmail.com. I have my phone nearby, and so does Anike, too, in case you want to message us to slide into our DMs, rather with any of your questions, concerns, or comments as well. We'll do our best to get to you. We are so delighted to be here today. And, Anika, I have to first ask you this question. How are you? You know, I'm doing well. I don't, you know, I was talking to a friend, and I said, I don't know how people do this without faith. I thank Mm -hmm. God for my faith because without it, I don't think I would be doing too well. Um, I I just, I lean on my faith. Um, I, it doesn't stop me from being angry. It doesn't stop me from being, you know, getting upset or crying as I see these images. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, yeah, and, you know, it's a human thing. But it's it's my, my faith that keeps me going, and um, so I lean on it a lot. Well, I appreciate your sharing that. <laughs> Excuse me, because we're in. There's so much to discuss, right? And Mm -hmm. because we're currently experiencing it, it's hard to put in words what we're currently experiencing. Because every week, it's a new normal that we're adjusting to, or perhaps a certain, an uncertainty of sorts. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. of all the things we've seen in our lives, we never thought that we'd be faced in 2020 with, I call it the two Ps, pandemic to protest. Right. And Absolutely. there are folks Absolutely. reaching out to you through your social media feeds, as well as to me through mine, to ask us of our questions and our comments. It's coming up in workplace as well, among family and friends. And, and yes. <laughs> so much is coming at us because as we're trying to be using our space as a, a position for influence, we're also trying, we're wrestling with the issues, right? We're wrestling right. with the issues and the challenges. And I guess the question I have for you, and we talked about this the other day, is it's not even the what next, but what now, right? Yeah. What now? Yeah. What now? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing, and the, the first and foremost, I'm always going to say prayer. And, uh, and it's beautiful to see people. I saw a young lady holding a police officer's hand and praying. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, they're kind of leaning more towards prayer and faith, and it's it's important. That's my number one. And number two is always, I know people are enraged and they're, they're, they're talking about a lot of different things, but we mm-hmm. cannot forget this is an important election year. We have to, the main way we're going to see change is at that ballot. And you see people out there, we, I was looking in Atlanta and it just, you know, we're talking about the two Ps. We got the pandemic going and all these people out there they understand that this is a huge mm-hmm. risk, the protests and the ballots, and, the, and they're standing out there because people have had enough. And I say people, mm-hmm. not just black people, black, white people, Spanish people, 
all of everybody's joining in, and they're mm-hmm. heading up. And, and we understand. And the young people, I really, I'm so, I stick to it. I believe that the young people are going to make this, the, mo- the bulk of this change, and they're going to do it at the ballot box because they, un- they, they are clear and they understand it. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. You know, folks want to listen, call, call in to us at any time. This is a live podcast, everyone. And, of course, it will be available courtesy of iTunes and the iTunes store for download. And you can download that app, have it available on your PC or your Apple device, and, of course, listen in and share. All your love is appreciated. And if you'd like to call in to us, our phone line live is 347-539-5372. Again, that line is 347-539-5372. Well, you know, Anika, here's the first piece about this, and I think it's, it's mm. the, the Talk about the big pink elephant in the room. I think there are mm-hmm. layers to these issues. And the layers start as follows. First, we have the layer of, uh, you know, national leadership direction. Yes. Yes. We have layers. Of, beyond that, we have the health concern because if we have mm-hmm. no humanity, we have no leadership, right? And then thirdly, yeah. All of these things trickle down, and it's not permeated into the local environments in which all we dwell. And because America is such mm-hmm. an, an, an international melting pot of sorts, mm-hmm. you, get mm-hmm. two, you get so many different versions of the American identity depending on the region or the location you're sitting, visiting, or standing. Yes. yes. And for mm-hmm. me, somewhere in there, I'm a man of color. And I recognize and can relate to injustice and challenge. It's easy for yeah. me to respond just as much as you, a woman of color, to be able to respond. And let me say it more openly, yes. a black man being a black woman. But I think exactly. also, too, because we've seen what we've seen, there is a, a, an expectation on all of us, not just people who are black, but everyone who breathes and wants a better mm-hmm. world, not only for us now, but for the posterity, too. You know, I mm-hmm. think... How do, I guess the question is, we're artists, and I'm finding it hard to write and mm-hmm. to really uh, memorialize my ideas in a space of sorts because I'm still mm-hmm. wrestling with the issue. Can you relate? I can relate. And you wrote something beautiful, and you, that post that you put out there is um, powerful. But I, I definitely can relate because. You have so many emotions. You okay? What? What will? I'm trying to be creative, but at the same time, trying to make sure I, I make my point. You know, I want it to be something that somebody will remember, somebody something they will relate to, and mm-hmm. I want it to. I want it to mean something. And so you have you grapple with all that. You know, I'm, I'm creative, but at the same time, it has to mean something. It has to be lasting, and that's it's. It's difficult because, of course, bless you. At the same time, we're um, we're emotional, <laughs> you know? and you know sometimes you're writing through tears, and it's it's uh, especially you know you might have just like just after seeing uh, George Floyd's uh, video and just the the it felt like a gut punch and the overwhelming emotions <clears throat> just seeing this totally totally disregard his life, which is like. Mm-hmm. Just a huge thing when you think about just the, the total disregard of a life, and uh, and and you know how that permeates throughout the entire race. How and you know and how do you write that effectively? How do you you know what do you say? It's it's, it's tough. It is very tough. And you know what what we have on our side today as a, as a as a as a living race of all people, we have technology. We've evolved so much. Now we can all record and, and showcase truth, right? Yes, right. And part of that challenge is understanding in the midst of all this, now that I have that authority as well, I now can get drawn in and be part of the story. So my protesting right. is not only physical, it's also digital, right? Yes, yes. And I wanted to ask you, as a black man, mm-hmm. what conversations you have with yourself during this yeah. during this difficult time. Very good question. 
the first question, the first honest conversation is, it's not even about identity because I know who I am and, I, and, I, and I'm comfortable in, in that can in terms of my role, my relationships with mm-hmm. people, faith-based systems and things like that. I think the bigger thing that I first do, and I, and I said it initially, I first have to make sure that now that I'm in the community, this is at my, this is here. It's, it's not new. Mm-hmm. This precedes pandemic and protest. It's just manifested right. in a new form. The one thing that I feel that that we, that I'm at least figuring out is a because I'm in a unique position in my duty of in, in place in society. There is more expected of me, mm-hmm. and there's more expected of myself, and above mm-hmm. all, more expected of my people in terms of what mm-hmm. I should be doing, what I should be conveying. So I have to make sure mm-hmm. that when I'm out there representing, I got to make sure I control that inner ability and make sure that mm-hmm. I'm able to articulate with, and it's okay to have some emotion, but direct right. articulations that help draw attention and further dialogue so that we can at least get to a place of understanding, if not tolerance. That's been hard yeah. for me. And on top of that, mm-hmm. I think about the story that where I've been, I've received injustices. I also mm-hmm. sit and I think about all those family, friends, students, you know, loved ones who've all endured some form of injustice one way yeah. or another. And so yeah. I, I just, I'm at a place where I'm doing my part. We're doing it right now. This is one platform. We're also engaging other things out in the community and the world. I'm trying right. to keep myself from being angry mm-hmm. and being mad because I've been mad too long mm-hmm. and I've been mad and I'm tired. But I think the first question right. people ask is, why are we mad? And why are we angry? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's not just because it's not only at first, you know, black being subjugated, but how about this idea of division? We're tired. Right. Yeah. We're tired. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Because that was one of the questions that, you know, it, it was so interesting. It's like what we've seen this so much before, but why was it so different when it happened to Brother Floyd? And, you know, it was very clear. You just answered it because we had just had enough. <laughs> that is the yeah. word, enough, enough, right? And yeah. huh, even as we're sitting here having this conversation, I'm sure your mind is, is jogging, right? Trying oh. to find the words, not that we ever censor ourselves. Because, you know, you and I, we're very real and very true in what we believe and we're expressing ourselves. But just yeah. trying to make sense and also find purpose in terms of, okay, why now, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. better, no better days than ever. There's never a perfect time for tragedy or crises. Right. right. Ever. It just happened to be layered up the way it is today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a couple folks yeah. in the, who, are, who are, we got a number of emails that are coming in now. And okay. I have to tell you, you and I, we're, we're social distancing right now, <laughs> folks. Yeah, as we're conversing, <laughs> but your questions are not. Anike, let me read this one for you. This one's from Jared from New York. Here goes, okay? Jared, mm-hmm. by the way, thank you for listening. And we didn't say it at the very beginning, but for all those who are on the front line doing what they do to help serve and support oh. and protect our community, from the doctors to, to the police officers to the, the, yes. the, the service folks within the retail businesses and grocery stores, Thank you. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Thank you. A huge thank you. Absolutely. So here's the question for us, Anike. Jared Att tells us, I live in the heart of the pandemic outbreak here in New York. I also pe- see people participating in the protest just blocks away. It's a lot to take in. At times, mm-hmm. I feel hopeless. How are things going in Florida, in your honest opinion? Hmm. <laughs> you know, wow. You know what? And, and let me just back up. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't feel helpless just because you're not out there. We can do so many different things. I'm not out there in the protests either. Um, I'm choosing social distancing and I'm choosing other ways. I'm choosing to uh, donate financially. I'm, you know, of course, always praying and supporting and, and, and supporting in any ways that I can. I'm doing things through my church. I'm doing, you know, so 
don't feel helpless. You can do, everybody can do something, you know, and you can do that. You can do all those things as well. And so as far as Florida, um, I am just not, we have to remember the, 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 there's just two big P's, right? We got the pandemic and we got the protests. And the protests are essential because they're making a difference. You, I, I honor every single peaceful protester out there because they are making a tremendous difference. And, and I pray that they stay safe. But that, that pandemic is in the back of the mind. And so I just, as far as Florida, we didn't really handle the, the, the actual social distancing part very well. And we're not really doing, to, doing enough to address in this area, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, the, what, what the people are protesting about. I don't think we're doing enough to address it. Um, Florida is one of the top places where you see a lot of police brutality, and we should right. be addressing it a lot more. And we are not doing we're not doing well on either end, in my opinion. And so the people, it's, it's going to be the people. It's, it's the people all over this world. It's not even just in the United States. It's all over this world, they're going to make a difference. And there are people here that are making a difference. The people all over. And so it's it's um. It's not going to be on the government level. It's going to be the people. Good. That's a good good start. I'm just going to add on to that, Anike. Great comments. You know, Jared, I'll tell you from our own experience as well, we're seeing Florida is interesting because when you go to the south side of Florida, it's almost like it's its own country, right? Mm-hmm. And then the moment mm-hmm. you get beyond Orlando, it's another country. So we're dealing with to, you know, realities, and the municipalities are, is the, uh, each municipality is handling things differently in its own way, and so we just opened beaches here, like, a few days ago in the, in the south end of the state, whereas on the coast and the other regions, they've been open for almost a month. You know, we, we have folks who are still practicing social distancing, people trying to get back to the new normal, even though the cases are not as severe as they are in New York, we still have spikes here in Florida. According to recent data, we've had spikes. Mm-hmm. And part of that may be due to the protests and other um, non-social distancing activities that may have been occurring over the past you know, week or so. These are just all speculations. I have no data to support that. I would also say that people are confused, much like anywhere mm-hmm. else, because we're watching New York and we're watching other states it's almost like we're watching other countries deal with the same problem, and it's in our own backyard as one nation. It's kind of weird. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and for us, it's hurtful. Then you watch George Floyd watching the funeral, mm-hmm. watching Al Sharpton. It's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think every time I watch it, I watched all of the first session with Al Sharpton a few days ago, and then a mm-hmm. glimpse of the recent one. And, and I have to tell you, I mean, he's done such a great job in, in sharing his truth and, and sharing some of his, oh. you know, his political viewpoint. He's been out the front line before. This is not new for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do believe, though, that whenever we as people, Anike, and tell me if you agree with this, whenever we are in a position, and it's always as people, black people especially, and I know you can mm-hmm. a, a, a appreciate this question, do you find yourself we're always having to explain something or work very hard for acceptance sometimes. And it's tiring. Like, I'll give an example. When I was a high school teacher, had a parent tell me one night, um, this was years ago, so we're going back in the days, folks, of early 2000s. I had a parent tell me, and and she said, Mr. Jones, I'll be honest, every day my son comes home and talks about you, and this is on back to school night, by the way, I never knew that you were black, but now that I met you, I think it's so amazing, and he just wow. loves you, and I just want to say thank you. So was that all wow. a half-handed compliment? And in my head, because I'm so used to being on the defensive, and I'm not a very mm-hmm. defensive person when it comes to most things, but when it comes to race, because of our history, and I am. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, she meant it in her, her visual, her, her nonverbal were clearly indicative of, of positive. She really meant no harm, but that was the problem. 
she yes. didn't understand, and I didn't expect her to be so you know, culturally sensitive to, to my situation because she didn't know me, and the woman hadn't seen me. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. fact that she came up to me 30 minutes after meeting me, having sat in front of me about, with her kids, to offer that, and her son was standing right by her, by the way, when she had said this to me, mm-hmm. it spoke volumes of so many things. And those are the moments when we start realizing, wow, that this is what this yeah. is about. And her son, by the way, I, I love him, and we're close to this day. But it's a reminder. Did you? What was your response to that? You just kind of let it go. Well, at the time it occurred because there were other, there were two other parents waiting off in the, you know, on the galley there, in the gallery there, wait, galley waiting to talk to me. So I said, hmm, "Thank you, ma'am. We will follow this conversation up." Didn't get a chance to do it because the time. <laughs> The timing mm-hmm. and also too, it it threw me off. And I was much younger then. Mm-hmm. I'm not the fiery Billy that everybody has come to know today. I was fiery then. But also too, I was mm-hmm. trying to understand and navigate a professional world. It wasn't that I was afraid, right. I was just taken aback by what had just been thrown at me. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's moments like that that just gets us frustrated, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, and it, it it is exhausting when you you know, especially as time goes on, you know you you feel like, why do I still have to keep explaining this? <laughs> you know, why right. why aren't you getting this? You know, and you know you 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 realize that it's just it's not affecting me, so why do I need to know? Right. And now the people that are protesting realize that this is a trickle down effect because now that baton is hitting everybody. <laughs> it's not he just hitting the black folks. And so now all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, hmm, you know, now we're starting to feel some of that we're starting to see and feel some of what has been going on in the black community and now we, we yeah, yeah, this is not right. So it's interesting. It is. And, and Michael we have a Michael Anike who has a question for for us from Miami, Florida. Thanks for listening, Michael. Hey, Here Michael. Goes. It's definitely right in our own backyard, right? Here goes. Mm-hmm. There is so much unrest, he says. At times, I don't even want to leave my home. And when I do, I have to gear up in a mask. Mm-hmm. But I know it's for my own good. What advice do you offer to other people as they adjust to yet another new normal. Hmm. You want to go first on this? Uh, I'll, if, if you if you like, I'll start, and you can jump in as you as, as you like. Um, Michael, that's a tough question. We're both thinking, right, in the case? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is a tough question. That is it a is. tough question. I just, for me, I just I I'm trying not to keep saying new normal. The reason why I'm trying not to say that is because I don't want to ever think that we're not going to be able to 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 get back to being in a better situation because even though we we may not go back to the way things were right there is going to be better you know what I'm saying that's why I I choose personally choose not to say new normal because I know that there's a better ahead so that's just my input that's a, that's, I agree with that. And, and I'll just add as well, what advice can we give to others? I'll say this. It, it's hard for, for folks like Anike and, 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 and I to, to relate because the part one of the issue is this. We're, I always saw myself as a change agent, and I embrace change. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest, sometimes change sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, for me in my own personal life, my own space. Mm-hmm. So now let me take mm-hmm. that and graduate it to another level, right? Universal change mm-hmm. in America. And I think one of the first things that we're going to have to do is is first have, we talked about it before about what advice we give other people. I think the first thing is just having a place, a safe place to be real and be truthful. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and it, it, so often so many things are go unsaid. It doesn't mean we have, you know, as a child was taught, if I don't have anything nice to say, keep your mouth shut. Right. Right? But this is so different yeah. at different levels. 
because out yeah. there in the world, especially for, and there are different degrees of people and classifications of people who are impacted more severely than others. And so mm-hmm. we're going to hold that question because it's so deep. And perhaps in, yeah. the, in the weeks to come when we come back for another segment, we can revisit this and, and, and think about it more. Michael, we can't answer mm-hmm. it only because the advice that we give, we're, we're experts in what we do in our own disciplinary thinking as writers, independent thinkers, and mm-hmm. artists, and actors. And so we're yeah. not counselors or therapists in that, in that we don't want to misconstrue the message. But I think you, I think you touched on something very powerful in, as far as making going in a safe space and getting mm-hmm. out. I think that's I think that's powerful. You can't you can't hold it in, you know, because a lot of you know they they keep saying why are you smashing up the businesses and everything like that. That's a lot of holding in and letting go. And so I think those safe spaces and and getting it out in a conversation, scream, cry, you know, do what you got to do, but in a safe space among people that can can relate and understand what you're saying. I think that's powerful. Yep. And for those of you who are just tuning in now, you're listening to BJ and Anike S as we have a conversation about current events. We're a half hour in just about for to our to our, our show. And if at any time you'd like to speak with us, you're welcome to do so by calling 347-539-5372. Again, that is 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy and prefer to just send your comment or request either um, self-identifying or anonymously, you can email us at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. That's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Or you can do so at Journey at gmail.com. Anike, I got another yeah. question for you. This was from Trixie from right. Georgia. Hey, and so, you know, we see in Georgia, by the way, Trixie, hats, you know, hats off to all the, the citizens of Georgia who are standing in record lines in order to cast their vote. Yeah. Anike, Stay there and vote. <laughs> yes. And Anike's initial message, you know, Anike has said it, vote, folks. This is a year we advocate vote. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. But at least cast your mm-hmm. vote. Make the time. Make the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're going to have to gear up. Yes, you're going to have to get out there and, and, and weather some things. And we don't want you getting out there if your health is, if it will compromise your health. But what we are Absolutely. saying is if we can just find a space in a way in which you can get out there and make that contribution, it'll be significant for the, his, the future of this, this nation. So here comes Trixie's question for us. I'm a writer as well. It's been so hard for me to write during these tragic times. How are you guys coping? What advice do you offer, mm-hmm. uh, offer others who are experiencing the same writer's block as I am? Yeah. You know, get your inspiration, whatever you want to write about, get your inspiration from others. There's a lot of things that are going on. If you want to talk about the protests, you know, look, you know, watch and see what's, what's going on and, and write, you know, a lot of the, the, the best thing about being a writer and being a creative person is that we, that's our outlet. You know, right. when you, when you think, when you think about Marvin Gaye's what's going on, you know, I mean, that's an outlet, you know? And so if you got a song on your heart, if you got a story to tell, if you got an experience you want to share, do it. You know, because a lot of, I was looking at them and they say that the top books are about racial injustice. And those, that's, that's what's flying off the shelves right now. So if you mm-hmm. want to write about it, you know, join, join it. If you want to write about, if you want to turn, turn it into a thriller or something like that, that's, that's the genius of writers, right? We can turn anything into something else. And so I say, you know, um, write, write your feelings. You know, get out the hurt, get out the anger, and um, if you see something beautiful, because we see beautiful things, we see policemen with their arms. I saw the policeman with their, his arm wrapped around this um, uh-huh. black woman poster. Beautiful things. Write about the beauty, you know, the beauty in the nightmare. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if if you want to, if you want to, um, you know, use that topic, it's yours. The beauty in the nightmare. You know, write about it. Thank you, Nikkei. You know, Trixie, I'll add just this. As you are 
you know, writing is, and when we say writing, that includes typing, right, Enrique? And so oh, yeah. writing, it may be difficult and understandable because we're all experiencing some form of trauma in, this, in these circumstances. But the one thing that I've been doing, because it's been hard for me to, to, to take it to keyboard or pen as well, yes, I, I journal and I try to write as much as I can, but I'm also audio taping myself. I'm video recording myself. And I'm getting into mm. the snippets and I'm creating this digital story of sorts behind the, the scenes. And at some point when I'm, more, when I'm ready, when, whenever that may be, I'm going to use this digital footage in order to create some tapestry of sorts of the reality that we're currently living. And so I mm. would say, if at all, Trixie, in what you're doing, don't be afraid to vo- record that. Our smartphones are just that. They're smart. They can capture these things. Mm-hmm. Our laptops, mm-hmm. our resources, have those means, utilize them to your fullest. And, of course, don't forget mm-hmm. to join the support group of writers and other creatives as well. Being part yes. of that conversation is very important. Yes. Absolutely. Miles has a question for us, Enrique. Here All right, Miles. Miles from Hollywood, Florida. Thank you, Miles. He says to us, Nikkei, thank you for the show. What other current events will you explore in the weeks to come? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. It's funny. We, we, were, we were talking about it like we just, we're just getting started. And, um, you know, right now, of course, you know, this is the main story, right? The, the pandemic and the protests. But, right. um, you know, I guess, you know, another good thing that once, because we're already, I mean, obviously people are going back and, and social distancing is ending in some areas. And and just, I guess that would be an interesting topic of of just how people are, are getting back into lives. Are they going back right away? Are they, is it slowing down? Is it, you know, how are people feeling in that whole transition? That would, that would be interesting. That is a very good point. I'll, I'll only add this. I, we're still, this is a work in progress for us, Miles. So, if, you know, to all of our listeners who are here with us, near or far, you have ideas of what you would like us to do on the show. Don't be afraid yeah. to let us know what they are. You know, drop us a line. You have our communications and our information is posted. Jesse has, yes. has a question for us, Anike, but I'd rather read Stanley's that just came in. It's from Louis, he's from Louisiana. So I'm going to read That's this. And I, I want to read it slowly because it's very deep and it's very um, thick. And I want to make sure you okay. capture every part, okay? Okay. I'm trying to discern everything that's going on. I was raised in an upper white middle class family. My wife and I have two amazing kids. I go to church every Sunday. Some would say I live the American dream. But the America I'm watching is not the one I hope my kids would inherit. My best friends are black. My half-sisters are, too. And I love them all. What advice do you offer parents who are introducing real-life issues to children, such as the ones we're experiencing? So that's part one. Mm-hmm. There are two more parts of this week, so let me stop there. What advice wow. do you offer parents? Touch situations. No, I'm sorry. You, you were going to say something? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just thinking, in tough situations, when you have these difficult conversations, especially, you know, because there's two sides, right? You, 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 right. When you're with talking to the young black children as far as, you know, their story and then the white children, and and they, a lot of times, they want to know, well, what do I say? How do I act? What do I do? And the, the main thing is that I think you just have to make them uh, always let them know that they should be they should be able to feel free to ask you the parent anything. Don't leave anything off the table. They should be able to have op- just open conversations with you because they may have some real questions and some of those questions may scare you. And so and it's and it's okay, but you, they need to be able to to know that they can do that and have that safe space with you. And then to let them know that, you know, reiterate that everybody's equal, nobody's, nobody's better than anybody else, 
And you kind of have to, you know, leave it on their level. Don't try to get too deep with it because they're, they're not going to get deep yet. So just kind of, you know, the whole idea, I remember seeing the, the, the young girl picking who's the bad girl, who's the white, who's the good girl. Right, and right. she was picking the, the black, uh, you know, the bad girl. And just letting them know that, the, you know, all of these children are beautiful. All these children have different, they come from different backgrounds, all backgrounds. Everybody is important. Everybody matters. And, and always let them have that in their head that everybody matters because that's, that's the big, you know, the big message. Black lives matter. Everybody matters. We, we cannot just, you know, pluck people out and just say, you, you don't matter. And so make sure they understand that and that the, the, the blending of the family is, 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 a, is a beautiful thing. Everybody loves each other. Nobody loves each other less because of skin color. You know, those kinds of conversations I think are important. I'll add to this. I'll add with this. Think about the times, Anike, when we were kids. There are mm-hmm. two distinct things I remember from my parents. My first introduction to death my mm. first understanding of money. Mm. And when we think of those things, I remember very distinctly how I was taught. And as we mature and if we reproduce, the likelihood of us using those borrowed belief systems or practices or philosophies will manifest, if not, cross over into these new realities, right? New families, right? living systems. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion is no different than how we would tackle those things. If a mm-hmm. child is young enough to understand the circumstance or the challenge, because they're asking, they may be ready mm-hmm. for to answer. And the answer mm-hmm. may not just be one conversation. We may need artifacts. Mm-hmm. We may need resources. We may need things to help further the conversation. You know, as right. we get older, it's so sad that as we get older, our parents tell us, well, you can read about it. When you get older, you'll understand. Mm-hmm. We'll have that talk. But, well, shut mm-hmm. By the time I'm older, some damage may or, not, may or may not be done. And so right. as a result, we had a missed opportunity there. Because if a young kid yeah. is coming to us, looking, at, looking to us, the, the adult versions of themselves, as resources, mm-hmm. we have to do diligence in our own role in their lives to help them make sense of what they're also wrestling with. Right, right, right. And also within your own family, since you have multicultural um, family, make sure right. that the conversations are with each other. The, you know, the, 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 the African-Americans within your family, the white people in your family, whatever, make sure that these conversations, so that they, they have the conversations. And if they're going to have a slip-up, because they're children, they do not know. If they're going to have a slip-up, have it within the family so that it doesn't carry outside um, and it could cause a problem, right. and so that they'll understand right there in within the family. Oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't say that because they don't know. So if they're going to mess up, you know, have them have you know that conversation in a loving environment. It, absolutely. We got another question coming in, Anike. Check your inbox as well. Mm-hmm. I'm checking mine. I have about three more questions from a, a very um, engaged audience here. We appreciate you all. And again, our yes. call in line is now. We haven't taken any calls. I think there's one caller that's on the line. I hate to call in, tune you in, caller. If you're there just for listening in, it's okay. But I'm going to click on the switchboard in a few moments. And if you'd like to ask a question or be a part, we'll bring you in. But we're getting such a heavy volume of emails at the last minute here all over the place. Let me tell you the places, Anike. Jacksonville, okay. of course, Miami, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Fort Lauderdale. Let's tackle this next one. Jesse from Jacksonville, Florida, asks, Hulu series for EF Radio. Thank you, Jesse. I'm a photographer and would love to collaborate with you all on a future project. It doesn't have to be about the pandemic or protest, but it could be as well. Hmm. Thank okay. you. Wow. Thank you yeah, very much, definitely. Jesse. Yeah, that's well, fantastic. Jesse, you know how to find us, right, Anike? Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, because um, especially photographer, we, we, we definitely could use we can we could use that. <laughs> yeah, we can, and and we know so many artists ourselves, but especially when we get folks and now that we're in this remote times, 
the idea of working remotely with someone is a lot more open today than it was three months ago, right? Absolutely. It's a lot different, and I think even more so. If that's the case for social distancing, then why is it such a challenge with the issues we're dealing with today? Just a thought. It's mm-hmm. not even a question, but it's just a thought to put out there mm-hmm. to the listeners as they un- find understanding in all of this that's going on, too. I got another question for you, Anike. Here comes Maria mm-hmm. right here in the backyard, Miami, Florida. Thank you, Maria. Here comes the question. What is your take on the recent shifts from pandemic conversations to social social justice? What a recipe. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenging one because, I mean, I just think of, every time I think of, I, I look at the people out there, you, you can't help but think that, you know, about the pandemic in the back, in the back of your head, you know, because um, some people have their masks on, some don't, some some have their mask around their neck, you know, and they're close, you know, close together. So it's 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 there, you know. You can't you can't help but think about it, especially when they get into there's such large groups, and so. But you know, we're in a, a, an important moment, and it cannot be denied. And so the protests in in history, we know that the protests work. Billy and I are in this position because they because of that, you know, because the uh, peaceful protests happened, and um, we are first generation beneficiaries of that. So we cannot it, it can't be denied. Um, but um, I think even though the the situation the the um, it has shifted, but at the same time, we are still seeing the stories. You know, unfortunately, we're still seeing the deaths. We're still seeing the um, the exhausted healthcare workers and just the just the 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 total lack of of um, just the, the the lack of empathy and that especially when it comes to the healthcare workers and, and the people that are dying and just not being being ready to handle this the way it needs to be handled um, is is awful. So you know it's it's still in the back of the mind. It's still kind of but it, it is an interesting shift because it's it's just so important right now. It is. It is. We have a caller on live on the air. I'm going to see if I can bring him or her on if he or she is interested, okay? Okay. Hello, caller. You're live on the air with BJ and Anika S. Hello, caller. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and continue with the conversation. We'll see if that person wants to continue in. If not, they're listening in. We've still got a ton of questions here at Nikkei that we can get to. This one's from Destiny okay. from New Jersey. So listen carefully. I'm in a mixed-race relationship, and I love it. But sometimes we clash on different viewpoints, especially when it comes to politics and race. What advice do you offer other mixed-race couples who are experiencing similar mm-hmm. challenges? Very good question. Mm-hmm. Very good yeah. question. Yeah. You want to take it first? Uh, sure. You know what's funny? Um, I'm in a mixed race, you know, relationship. Been so for the past mm-hmm. eleven years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 um, for us, we're different because a I'm a black man. I represent LGBTQ. I I I have different images, so I deal with subjugations at different levels. You know, I can't hide who I am as black. Everywhere I go, I am black. I'm proud of that. But also, too, when you're a member of the LGBTQ plus community, it's a never-ending process of coming out. Every time you work in a new place, every time you meet a new group, it's always the question. And I'm, you know, I'm at 46 years old, so I, I care less about what the world thinks of me today than I did 10, 15, 20 years ago in terms of attitude and who I am for identity. I'm more concerned with what I contribute to. I think that in a mixed-race relationship, we're different because we just don't have that challenge because we just see so eye to eye on different levels, but people are people. And because we are people and, and especially when you're bringing in mixed cultures, that mixed race also brings in another biracial child, a mixed race child, and that furthers the conversation. And so as a result, 
it always starts with the reasons why we get with someone and why we love them. If I love you and I wanted to commit my life with this person, that even if there are nuances that may, may sometimes compromise the relationship, they're not the end to the relationship. So if I'm able to have conversations about moments of joy and beauty, I should be able to have moments uh, or, or meaningful conversations that are deep and sometimes uncomfortable without yelling, without screaming, without any types of recourse, but only for the, in, under the auspices of understanding. And the more that I can communicate, the key here to this for me, um, Destiny, is that the more that we communicate openly and honestly, and we communicate with a sense of understanding and not the sense of hurt, we, it, it makes things so much better. And furthermore, having a reminding, even before you start such sensitive conversations, listen, I want to pick your brain on something because I love you and I want to learn and grow with you in this topic. And so, and then let that person know. It's all in the delivery. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, if it becomes the, the, the crutch of the relationship, such as if your relationship is starting to mirror what's out here on these streets, that's a whole other dialogue that we can't have right now. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, and, you know, it's just um, about making sure that um, you're heard and you're understood. Um, right. And you may have to have some conversations that are very uncomfortable, but um, it's always important to know where the other person stands. Because if you plan to spend your life with this person, then you need to be clear. Nothing needs to come up. And this is an excellent time to be clear. Right. So get clarity. Get clarity. And not necessarily once you get clarity, oh, you know, kick them to the curb. That's it. You know, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying once you're clear, then have a conversation about the clarity that you received. And um, then, of course, you know, you have to make your decisions based on what they said. Um, but um, I, I think just having uncomfortable conversations, getting things out, making sure that you're, that you, you know, you don't want to have clarity in front of your, your um, uncle who's still in this, you know, still um, upset about Dr. King's death. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the clarity comes out and you're like, oh, uh, this is not the moment, <laughs> you know, have that clarity among yourselves. So. Well, it's all, and it's also about boundaries. You know, right now, mm-hmm. when I go home, it's hard for me to draw my boundary between work and personal home life because I'm working and living in the same space. And right. so the conversations I have at home with, with family and loved ones and friends, like MDKS, who's family to me, I am not having the same level of conversation sometimes as I do at work because where I lay my head versus where I receive my check are two different realities. But at right. least I can say... I'm still the same Billy in that regard. And I feel that wherever I'm at, I can crosswalk to these different spaces and still express myself. But I always feel mm-hmm. that I have to be cognizant, especially when it's going to be something very tense. I have to be able to catch myself and say, this person is asking me this and wanting to know. And if it's an ask, it's one thing. Because if it's an ask and a mm-hmm. question, then it requires the answer, you know, then you can answer. But if it's a shout yeah. or a demand or a retort, that's a whole different dialogue. And so I always say yeah. that try to treat the conversation honorably and not forget the very reasons why you, are, you two are committed together. What brings you together? Yeah. I think these differences, if those differences didn't stop you before, then surely they shouldn't be in the way now. Right. You know? Agreed. Our next question, we have last two questions, Anike, and our time is the last right. 10 minutes. Folks, we appreciate your love, by the way. I've got, gotten a number of emails here on, and on our behalf. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the shout-outs as well as they're coming in on social media. Anika, I'm checking on Instagram, and I'm getting comments as well from folks. Someone just asked me awesome. if it would be time to read that poem that, that was published the other day. So if time permits, I'll try to slide it in. But if not, folks, this is yeah. not our only show. We will be back in the future with more. So stay tuned. But let me get to Walter's question from Pennsylvania. Here it goes. It's a short one, too, in the Hey, Walter. Hey, Walter. Will the U.S. be any better off without Donald Trump in office? Oh, Lord. <laughs> hey, Walter. Just when we were, we had just had our moments on this show. We were really, you know, discussing. And I, here, here, folks, we're not, we're not 
proclaiming to be experts here. We're just citizens, concerned mm-hmm. American citizens like you, who just so happen to mm-hmm. have artistic platforms by which we can express ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say this. One person, they always say one person can make a difference. Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. But it takes a whole community of people to make an impact. And yes, we can make an impact. Yes. But we need, we need change. And at least from where I yes. stand, we need change with leadership that's going to guide us and be forthright with the community of, of people. We have enough pain yes. and suffering in the world. And so will all this change the moment there, if there's a new president? We Surely only time will tell. But what I do say mm-hmm. right now is that we need leadership. I don't care what color that leadership is. We need leadership who's going to be honest and look at all of the issues and not just some of them. Yes. Absolutely. We, we, we need new leadership. It, it's just, I mean, I, there's no sugarcoating that. We just need new leadership. And we, we, can't, we can't continue under the current. We can't continue that at the federal level. We can't continue at the local level. And uh, we have to look at the Senate as well as the presidency. There need to be changes in those places. And it's just, I know a lot of, I, in the past, I just try not to go one way or the other but right now we're having conversations of humanity, common sense, and common decency. And those are at the forefront right now. And we don't have that in the White House. We don't have that in the Senate. We have it, well, I'll, I'll, I'll back up. In the Senate, we, we, we do have that representation, but we don't have enough of it. And we need that shift. So, yeah, that's the bottom line. I'll share this, too, as it relates to Black Lives Matter, Nikkei. You know, mm-hmm. a lot, some of my friends, and, and these are friends who are not black, and, and, and these are colleagues more so, they wanted to understand. Could, could they, they came to me in a conversation after a meeting, a, a Zoom meeting, of course. One, one they wanted to know specifically what this all means, what is Black Matter, Black Lives Matters, and, you know, why couldn't it just be All Lives Matters? And I'll share mm-hmm. just my own realism as it relates to this topic. I think very often... Mm-hmm. When we look at each of the atrocities that have happened to any community of people, whether it be the subjugation of women, the, the mm-hmm. unforgettable holocaust of our Jewish brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and we look at the human trafficking around the globe, especially of women, right here in our own backyard, Florida is a mm-hmm. gateway folks, especially Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I look at the Asians, I look at my Latino and Latino brothers and sisters, and every time there was our LGBTQ community, Every time I've seen there was an issue, those issues were proclaimed by the identity that those issues were serving, right? And so mm-hmm. when it comes to Black Lives Matter, that title itself, it helps identify the issue. Because so often mm-hmm. Black lives go unnoticed, and then we get situations yeah. that are memorialized like what we see today. And we're here right. again, again, and again. Yeah. It's senseless. Yeah. And so I don't know how else to call it, when we think we look at the trajectory and we look at the demographic of who's being most impacted in that moment, it's not rocket science to figure out why a label is needed such as Black Lives Matter. And so, exactly. right? And, and it's not, you know, I'm not standing here, I'm not standing out here and saying that I'm not against all lives because all my friends, I have a very diverse community of friends, family, and loved ones. You got, I got the international, the United Nations of family and friends, and I love it. <laughs> I said, but also too, I have an identity and I have a role. I serve a role in this process. And so I, I got to remind myself again and again that it is important that my life matters too because I probably could not have made it home, but I did. I made it home. Yeah. I know a lot of yeah. black women and, and men who did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know, I, I think I'm glad that the – People are beginning to understand. They're beginning to understand Colin Kaepernick and why he knelt, and is starting to understand that the, it is not to dis, dis, uh, be disrespectful to the flag. That is not what we're talking about. It's not to be disrespectful to this country. Absolutely. We have to understand that there, in this history, there are a lot of black men and, and women who have just been treated the way that we, we witnessed as a world. We witnessed what happened to George Floyd. There are a lot of George Floyds. There are George Floyds that we don't know. 
there are countless George Floyds. And when you look at the lynchings, you look at the, the beatings, you look at, in our history, we weren't, we weren't even thought to be full human beings. We were thought to be less than. That is our history. And so now that we are on the other side of that, and we are now president of the United States, we are senators, we are police chiefs, we are a part of, a part of the society, we, and we can speak out now, we have the laws that were not, are not um, the way it was in, in the days of Jim Crow, that they were deliberately against us, even though there are still situations that are like that, but we have more freedoms now to speak out about that and to say we are whole humans. We are mothers, fathers. We are people. And we don't, and when you look at that video and you realize that he just kept his knee there knowing what he was doing. It wasn't, and, and, and he didn't, didn't flinch. And right. he did not, the, the, the pleas from the people on the sidelines did not matter to this man. The pleas from George did not matter to this man. Nothing mattered other than what the end result is, whatever he wants, whatever he wants. I'm not going to say whatever he wanted, but he did not have any any feeling it was straight face straight face and that is our history and that's that's what we've dealt with as a people and so that's why we have to say we matter we have to stand up for ourselves we 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 had to do this you know and so now people are getting to getting to understand that and that is extremely important well said Nikkei. i love every single word you stress there and Folks, you know, we're coming down to the end of our segment today. We want to say thank you, right, Anike? This has been amazing. Absolutely, 100% thank you. It's helpful, kind of cathartic for us because we've been bottling up and watching so much and and expressing in certain avenues and places. But we appreciate all of you who listened and just gave us your your ears and your hearts to let us use this forum to share our thoughts with you, truly. Yes. Very much Yes. And let's love each other. Let's continue to love each other. Let's continue to care about each other. Let's continue to to um, practice social distancing and make sure that we remember that there is still a pandemic out there. Take care of ourselves. Take care of each other and listen to each other and um, vote. <laughs> yeah, it's I'll say this for us as well. We appreciate you. We appreciate your showing the love for us for the past almost five years, right, Anike? Five years of love to everyday folks. From four years of journey into passion, especially. She just celebrated her anniversary a month ago. We hope you tune in to us. We have an archive of almost 200 shows, folks, of episodes for the past nearly five years of recordings here on Everyday Folks. Seek us out. You can visit us at Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com slash everydayfolksradio. You can visit anikemadison.com. You can visit billypauljones.com. And let us know how, in the sh- in sh- in not only let us know or communicate with us, but take a look at the platform to see what's there for you. If you find something that you would like to contribute or incorporate, just like our dear friend Jesse in Jacksonville, we look, we'll welcome these collaborations and conversations. But let's not stop. Let's let's continue the conversation. Let's, let's we don't want them to cease. Let's continue. And also, I want to. I wanna, yeah, I want to add it at the NikkeiMadison.net, the one that Ooh. Billy created for me. <laughs> my gosh, look at me! I'm not here telling you all this. I apologize, my dear friend. She's absolutely right. It's on NikkeiMadison.net, and we appreciate yes. very much all. And I know that. Our, our countdown producer just told us we're down to the last 90 seconds. I'll just use that time in Nikkei just to read this poem super fast to them as time permits. Okay. Real quick, mail-in votes are important. Okay, go ahead. That's right. It's, it's titled, I'll Be Okay. Justice rang the doorbell, but no one was home. Her cousins, liberty, and democracy were out of town. When they take vacation, I feel the impact of being silenced, being judged, being charged, being black. I'll be okay, I tell myself, until the next episode. 
being okay won't bring a better day. Enough. Enough. So few words say so much, folks. We appreciate you and all the love you've given us here at Everyday Folks. Say goodbye to him, Monique. We'll be back very soon with Good. more episodes of a conversation yes. about Congress. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Likewise. And to you too, Anike, to you as well. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.